right, good morning. Morning. Welcome again uh, to those first-time visitors. Uh, my name is Van, and I'm just simple. I'm just a simple Christian, uh, giving the word today. All right. Uh, so we're in our second and last week of Generation We. All right, and uh, last week our uh, very own Pastor Mark, he, he knocked it out of the park. He, he gave a great opening message about the next generation. And what I'm going to do is just, I'm going to ride those, those coattails, that momentum, right into this message. Okay? Uh, several or a few years ago, uh, the leaders here at Life in the Sun, we, we read a book, and it's called A Hundred Years From Now. And the one who wrote it is uh, Steve Merle, the president of Every Nation, which we're a part of. And it's about sustaining a movement for generations. Okay, sustaining a movement for generations. And in this book, he, he tells a story about him and his wife, Deborah. Uh, they go and attend a conference. And they, they're attending this conference because they want to uh, learn how to grow a strong, large, healthy church. So that's why they're there. And the speaker at this conference is a very famous, very well-known preacher or pastor who has you know, numerous best-selling books, who has influenced millions of people through his ministry, you know, a, a leader of a large, vibrant church. And as this conference is beginning, he starts to share his keys to success for his ministry. And as he's sharing these keys to success, uh, Steve is looking at himself and he's like, man, there's so much more I need to grow. There's so many areas I need to, to grow in. And we can relate. We go to conferences to be built up, right? And we're like, man, I need to grow in that area. Or I need to grow in this. Uh, so as, as the, the famous preacher, he's, he's, he's giving these keys. Later on in the conference, he, he says something. That shocks everyone. And he says this, I am often asked how to balance family and ministry. I do not know. I have failed as a father. So you can imagine everyone in that auditorium falling silent. Because here is a man that everyone looks up to. Steve admires this man. He looks up to this man of God. But he says, I failed as a father. And he goes on to explain that for the first time in 35 years of ministry, he recently had taken his family on their first vacation. And on that vacation, his sons would admit to him that they could not remember one good childhood memory as they were growing up. 
And we can feel for this pastor. That, that hurt him deeply. So this man who has done everything right when it comes to ministry, has built his church up, is a strong ministry who, who has influenced millions of people, has unfortunately failed as a father. We, life in the sun, you know, we can do everything right when it comes to church logistics. But if we somehow fail in fathering the next generation, we run the risk of leaving them with memories of a church that gave no time and consideration. Before we get into the word, let's pray. Lord Father, I thank you for your word. I pray today, Lord Father, that you teach us how to nurture and build up and grow the next generation and how to value them. In Jesus' name, amen. So today we're going to be reading in 2 Timothy, first chapter, verses 5 through 14. This is Paul speaking to Timothy. I remember your genuine faith, for you share the faith that first filled your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. And I know that same faith continues strong in you. This is why I remind you to fan into flames the spiritual gift God gave you when I laid my hands on you. For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. So never be ashamed to tell others about our Lord. And don't be ashamed of me. Hello, children, don't be ashamed of your parents. Either, even though I'm in prison for him, with the strength God gives you, be ready to suffer with me for the sake of the good news. For God saved us and called us to live a holy life. He did this because we didn't deserve it, or because we, we deserved it, but because that was his plan from before the beginning of time to show us his grace through Christ Jesus. And now he has made all of this plain to us by the appearing of Christ Jesus, our Savior. He broke the power of death and illuminated the way to life and immortality through the good news. And God chose me to be a preacher, an apostle, and a teacher of this good news. That is why I am suffering here in prison, but I am not ashamed of it, for I know the one in whom I trust. And I am sure <clears throat> that he is able to guard what I have entrusted to him until the day of his return. Hold on to the pattern of wholesome teaching you learned from me, a pattern shaped by the faith and love that you have in Christ Jesus. Through the power of the Holy Spirit who lives within us, carefully guard the precious truth that has been entrusted to you. Amen. So if you were to ask me, Van, you know, what did you get from that, that scripture? What, what came to your mind when, when reading that passage? You know, I would say uh, I see Paul inspiring 
to empathy, I, I see him encouraging and, and affirming him. I, I see him being a servant leader. He's encouraging someone while he's in prison, while he's going through the thick of it. And he's doing this all to Timothy, who represents the next generation. Timothy was a, a very young pastor. And Paul is showing us that it's necessary to do all those things because the next generation, they have God-given value. In verse 5, he says, I remember your genuine faith, for you share the faith that first filled your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. And I know that same faith continues strong in you. See, Paul is affirming Timothy. He's encouraging him. He's recognizing the value that Timothy has. So not only must we value the next generation, we need to let them know. They need to know that from, from us. We need to affirm them and encourage them. Show them that they're important. Show them that, that even though they're young, they still have a role to play and they're still important. So let me say this, young people in here, the ones who are watching, 25 and younger, you're awesome. You're valued. You bear the image of Christ. Find identity in that. Know you're important. And you'll have the chance to change and impact this world for Jesus by spreading the gospel and making disciples. You are valued. Know that today. You know, several days ago, uh, I was on social media, like all of us probably, and I saw a post, and this post had Venus Williams in it. Y'all know who Venus Williams is? She's, I think she's retired now, but she was once a, a, a very good uh, a tennis player. She's a sister of Serena Williams, who most of us probably know, right? And at this time, she's just 14 years old, and she's being interviewed. And we know that uh, their coach is uh, their, uh, their father. And he's, he's done a great job at coaching them, as you can see from their careers. And the clip is picking up where this interviewer is, is, is asking her a question. He says, do you believe you can beat her? And Venus looks at him right dead in the eye, doesn't blink and says, yes, I believe I can beat her. And he says, you're, you're sure? And she says, I'm, I'm confident. And he says, you, you say that so confidently. And when you're, when you're looking at this clip, you get this sense that he is trying to, in a sense, sow some doubt into her confidence. And then when he's doing this, all of a sudden, out of the back of a room, out of the dark corner of the back of the room, her father comes. And he starts off, you know, gentle. But things heat up a little bit. 
And he comes and he stands right next to the interviewer. And he says, do you realize that you're dealing with the image of a 14-year-old girl? She said what she said, and she's confident in it. And he didn't say say this, but I think he picked up on it too, that this interviewer was sowing doubt into her self-image, putting that into her mind to maybe second-guess herself. And he said, don't you do that. See, her father comes and protects her self-image and her confidence. And we as the generation now need to do that for the next generation. Because the world is constantly warring for the minds of us, let alone us, but definitely for young people. You'll see it in, in TV. You'll see it in movies. You'll see it in anywhere you go. Just the, just the other day, I took my son to the dentist, and I'm filling out those long forms where, you know, you're putting all this information, three and four of them. And he's watching, I think it was the Discovery Channel, and they were talking about space and all this stuff. And, and there's this guy talking, and he, he, he turns to me, and he's like, wow, Dad, I forgot what he said, but I had to tell him the truth. Because whatever they were saying was, was, was not right. So we have to be there to protect the next generation's self-image. We have to be there for them. So we do that with the Word of God. Paul says to Timothy in verses 13 and 14, Hold on to the pattern of wholesome teaching you learned from me, a pattern shaped by the faith and love that you have in Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit who lives within us. Carefully guard the precious truth that has been entrusted to you. So we must stand up against anything that would cause them not to see their God-given value. And we also have to teach teach them to protect that value with the truth. The truth sets us free. The truth fights against any lie. It keeps doubt at bay. And, and Paul is also telling Timothy, you know, do not have the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. So we've seen from Scripture that we must show them their value. And, and help them in protecting that from the corruption of the enemy. Uh, but you know that will only take them so far because we also need to guide them. Not only show them their value, but guide them. How many of you know what adventure racing is? No one? Okay. So it, If you have Amazon Prime, you can look this up. There's a show called The World's Greatest Race. And it's about adventure racing, and it's hosted by that Bear Grylls guy. Y'all know Bear Grylls? The one who teaches you how to survive. You know, you eat insects. There's that one nasty episode that he, you know, he drinks elephant water. That that guy. He hosts it. Uh, uh, he's, He's the 
you know, the, the lead of it. And he goes around in a helicopter and he narrates and stuff like that. But there's hundreds of teams in this adventure race from around the world. Hundreds. And it's not the typical race where, where it's done and, 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 and flashes of a second, like the 100 meter, uh, meter dash or even long distance. This race uh, takes a place over seven to 10 days. It's very long. And it, so it's on this island of Fiji and they have to swim, they have to paddle, they have to go in the ocean. They, they had to rappel down a waterfall and climb up a waterfall in the day, in the night. They had to survive uh, freezing waters where some people fell under hypothermia. Injuries happened. Some teams didn't even finish. This is how hard this was. They raced all over Fiji. And the team that won was uh, the New Zealand team. I mean, they were just... Mm. I mean, off of three hours of sleep, they just kept going. They would get to a camp, you know, maybe refuel, get their bike ready or whatever for the, for the next length or segment of the race, and they were gone. And it was amazing to see them just, just plow through this island. And, and they, they kept to this suggested course that they gave them. And each team had a map, and they navigated the right way. And they, they won way before, I mean, days before some other teams. But there were some other teams who wanted to try to take shortcuts. So they would look at their map, and they say, you know, maybe if we cut through here, we'll get to this checkpoint or this camp sooner. Some other teams just got lost. They didn't navigate well. And taking these shortcuts or, or getting lost, it, it costed these teams so much precious time and energy. Take two to four hours, even more time, just to get back on course so they could get to the cutoff checkpoint or even just finish the race. You know, we here, we have to Look at this example and, and, and know that God is intentionally, he, he wants us to guide the next generation intentionally. It isn't like you can do this or not. No, he wants us to. He wants, them, he wants us to train them up in the way they should go. But, you know, we have to be careful in doing it. Because if we somehow get off of God's suggested route, try to take shortcuts to get to a certain goal in our ministry, or maybe if we decide to navigate wrong and, and maybe just not go the way that God is leading us, we can waste so much precious time and energy leading the next generation. And not only hours would be wasted, but years could be. See, God is by 
Discipleship is key. And Paul serves as an encouraging example of what it truly means to live for the Lord. That through God, he has the strength to endure hardship and tribulation. So remember, Paul is in prison and he's encouraging and and he's in a sense discipling through his letter, Timothy. You know, we can look, at, look to that and, and, be, and be encouraged by that. And the thing is, is the world is rejecting him. They put him into prison, but maybe even more hurtful than that, he's had brothers in the faith desert him. So sometimes he's, he's all alone. But through that adversity, he's showing Timothy how to endure how to trust and have faith in God. You know, reading this scripture can both be uh, encouraging and convicting because for the generation now, for the parents, for the mentors, counselors, our kids are watching. They're watching us. That young brother or sister in here, they're watching you. They're watching us. And it... it we can ask ourselves, uh, when am I showing? You know, when am I broadcasting? What kind of signals am I throwing out there while I'm going through what I'm going through? Maybe you're going through trouble. Are we showing our faith in God? Are we showing that we're enduring through Christ Jesus? See, no matter what we are going through, let's show the next generation who we lean on, who delivers us from an enemy, how the very power of God takes broken people like, uh, like us and turns us into mighty men and women of God. Uh, before I close, I want to share, uh, shed a light on a situation uh, in our world today that, you know, unfortunately kind of shows a perfect example of uh, when the next generation is not valued, not protected, and, and guided. Um, if you've, you know, seen the news, if, if you're a person that keeps up with the news, uh, there's, there's just a horrible situation going on in Chicago right now. You know, if, you, if you've seen the news. Um, last weekend, there were 54 shooting incidents. 86 shooting victims, just from Friday to Sunday and 13 deaths. And one of them was a cop just simply making a traffic stop going up to a car and unfortunately got shot in the head. And you know, this is all being done by the next generation over there. Young gang people, you know, African-Americans, my people, this is the the worst black-on-black crime I've ever seen in my life. And this is an example of when the next generation isn't fathered. And you know, that's not exactly really happening here on Guam, but I think we can think of some ways how it's showing here. You know, the, the drunkenness, the sexual assaults, the addiction, the violence. And sadly, some of those things are, are rising here. 
So we must do our part, this generation, we must do our part in keeping the next generation pointed toward the cross of Christ. Because you know, they're so important. Let's never stop teaching, guiding, affirming, encouraging the next generation. Affirming who they are in Christ. So years from now, when they look back on the early years here, they'll be able to say, yes, I was valued. Yes, I was considered that life in the sun. Amen? Let's pray. Lord Father, thank you for your word. Lord Father, I pray as parents, as, as mentors, counselors, the people of this generation, that we heed this word and we nurture the next generation and you help us do it the right way, Lord Father. I pray that you would show us areas where we need to improve or maybe just make things that we're doing good uh, even better. But Lord Father, let, let us never lose sight of the next generation and their value. And I pray that we guide them through servant leadership, that we guide them through, uh, through life, through discipleship, and show them who we lean on and who we trust. And, and maybe there's some people in here right now that have not had that fathering in their life. Well, Father, I pray, I, I pray that you come and meet them right now. Right now. And that you show them their value, their worth to you. And that by the Holy Spirit, you guide them, you comfort them, that you protect them. You protect that God-given value through your truth. And I want to address a different group of people in here today. If you've been listening to this message and you've been realizing that there's a good Father in heaven and you may have not made a conscious decision to enter into a relationship with Him. Well, you know your value where you'll gain His protection. I want to give you a chance for that today, right now. Is there anyone in here that wants to make that decision, that first-time decision to come into a relationship with God? Anyone in here today, you can just simply raise your hand. I'll see you. Okay. I see you. Anyone else? Okay, let's pray. You can just simply piggyback off me in your, in your mind, in your heart. Lord Father, I realize that I've fallen short of your, your holiness, Lord Father, that, that you know I have sinned. And I, I just want to commit my life to you right now. 
and say, thank you for sending your son Jesus to die for me, for covering my sin, my failings, and the blood of Christ. And I pray that the Holy Spirit would come into me right now and help guide me in my new life. That Father, that, that Father in heaven, that you would father me, that you would become my father and show me things that I've never seen before. Take me places that I've never been. Thank you for doing such a great work in my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, church. Um, as, as we go forward uh, from today, I pray you, oh, I pray you really uh, take that message to heart. And if you're a parent, pour into your children. If, if there's someone near, young near you, pour into them, affirm them, encourage them, show them their value in Christ. Amen. Um, before we leave, can we, uh, can you just help us real quick? Um, we need these two middle rows. We need to stack the chairs and put them off to the side, okay, because we're going to be doing something in the auditorium. So if you could please, all the men with your big muscles, you know, if you could please uh, help us in putting the chairs away, okay? God bless you. Be safe. Amen. And I'm rising up with you, rising up with you, rising up with you, rising up with you. You take me high on the wings of your truth. Yes, I'm rising up with you, rising up, rising up with you. I'm rising up with you, rising up with you, rising up with you.